Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Christy. We are having conversations of a not-so-balanced life. Our goal here is to help you get past the good enough phase of life and begin your growth journey. We are a community of women supporting women. That's right. Christy and I are here today to talk about mental health, anxiety, and grief, and how it all manifests within our life. So we experienced a pretty sudden loss in January. Jeff's grandfather, who it was you know, very close to us, died January 14th. And um, he had just visited us. He was 91 years old. So while it was a sudden decline, he was 91 years old and lived a long, adventurous life. And I have been doing a lot of research and how to help support my family through this grief for my kids and my husband and family members and how we can kind of move through grief, right? Because you never really got to get over grief. You just kind of move through it. Um, And in doing so, we've we've been doing some work on that. So I I felt like some of what I had researched, I wanted to talk with Christy and everyone um, on our podcast about grief because grief is the kind of thing that just never goes away. It always kind of stays with you and it can be really debilitating for some people. So one of the things that in, in when I was doing research that I found to be super powerful was Andrew Garfield recently lost his mother and he did an interview that one of the late night hosts, I think Jimmy Kimmel maybe, where he talked about grief and how I thought, if you watch the interview, I thought it was super powerful because he said that grief is just unexpressed love that you have for somebody. It it will never leave you because you're always going to love that person. It just gets easier to live your life knowing that it's unexpressed love. Yeah, I like that. Actually, I saw somebody post that recently. I didn't realize it was from an interview. I feel like... I feel like that's accurate. And I think so my grandfather died, gosh, close to 30 years ago now, but my and my nanny, you know, so I've seen how she's dealt with the grief over the last 30 years. And I feel like that's completely accurate. And it never really goes away. You just kind of learn to live with it. And I I was actually up in Virginia over the weekend. And I mean, her and I probably every time I go up there have a conversation about my grandfather and how much she misses Mm -hmm. them. And, you know, I think I still and I know my brother and then my cousin, we were all super close to my nanny and my grandfather. I think I still to this day think of, you know, like, how would my life be different if he were here? So I think you're accurate in in that depiction. When people have an impact on your life, they stay with you forever. And I, I guess the whole point of this is just to say that when you're going through grief, it can be very hard and everybody grieves their own way um, when there's a loss and there's no right or wrong way to grieve. There's no length of time that's appropriate to grieve. It, it, is different for every person and every person needs the space to do that in their own way. I feel like we need to stop and say, uh, Megan and I are not professionals in this subject (laughs) by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, please don't take our advice as the advice, but um, we're just talking about, you know, how it's manifested in our lives. Yeah. As Megan said, everybody grieves differently. So if you feel like you're, not moving through the grief, A, that's okay, but also don't hesitate to reach out and get help if you feel like you need it. You know, I mean, I I know that we're not experts on the topic, but I've experienced a lot of grief in my life. So I feel like I am an expert at managing my own grief. And I feel like if I am able to talk about my grief, it may help somebody else who might be going through the same thing, not feel alone. And I think that that's 
kind of why we're doing this and that's the whole point I've experienced a lot of loss from an early age um you know my I think the first funeral I remember going to was my dad's dad and I was in elementary school and I just didn't understand why everybody was so sad right um you know from my from because I was a kid I was in elementary school and I I didn't understand why all these adults that I had so much respect for were so upset and it didn't connect with me what was going on. So I had that connection to death when my grandfather died. I was, I think I was eight, but it was also, so he had a heart attack at my nanny's house and we literally followed the ambulance to the hospital. And I literally remember that, like, I have a visual image of them pulling him out of the ambulance and like still like mm -hmm. putting the paddles on to, cause he was in cardiac arrest. So I feel like, I don't know, that mental image maybe helped. Yeah, it's like a core memory. Yeah, well, and it like sort of helped me understand like the death process. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I have memories of being at his wake and, you know, like all the sadness surrounding that. And what, I feel like when I was younger, there was a lot more, I saw a lot more death. And we, and we have experienced, when we graduated high school, we have experienced since then a lot of loss in our senior class. There's been a lot of our classmates that have died and I feel like the more people around us that are dying, the more fragile life seems, if that makes sense. Like it, it's almost, well, you know, yeah. like, I mean, of course, because of it, course you have processed and you understand that this is, this is the life cycle and like you get it functionally, but when you see it actually happening, it makes it so real. Well, I think we all have a little bit of that feeling of invincibility. And I think the, maybe the older you get, the less invincible you tend to feel because you do, you, mm. you know, you see those around you dying suddenly or, you know, maybe not even suddenly. And you're like, okay, wait, nope, this, this, this isn't forever. Mm -hmm. You know, there is a time and I don't know what that time limit is. Mm -hmm. And I think that, which that makes me think of your 40 before 40 list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I think it, it just makes you realize just how short life is. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the things that I've started to recognize in the last few years, and the pool, this one's probably going to get me is just that like, you know, my parents are getting older and not ready, not ready. <laughs> nope. You know, I'll take 91, 99, 100, 107. I will take it. I'm not ready. I, I'm not ready to process yeah. that. You know, we are very fortunate that we have great loving parents and who were there not only for us but for our children and they're you know like they're very involved and I think that the idea of processing that grief is so heavy that I just don't even think about it like my mom will make jokes like who gets this when I go and I'm like stop <laughs> like I can't <laughs> I you know don't talk like that I'm not ready to talk like that See, we we do it as a joke. Yeah, we do it as a joke because my dad ha has a boat and then he lives on a boat, actually. And so we joke that it's Cameron's boat. And then he um, recently purchased a 1939 plane. Nice. <laughs> and so Carter has a plane. <laughs> but see, I mean, that's that's what it is. Like it's everybody has their own way of processing the inevitable, right? And if that's through, you know, yeah. humor, if that, you know, however that manifests for you, I mean, that's how you process. That's fine. But I, I, so I have anxiety. So I, I guess this is kind of a way to switch gears. Um, I have, you know, functioning anxiety, but I lose sleep over the idea of leaving my kids without. I don't know. I, you know, I, but I think, okay, I say this 
A, I don't know that I really have anxiety, so I can't like minimize yours, but I also tend to be like super logical of a human, but I just kind of feel like if it happens, it happens, right? And you prepare them the best you can and you put a plan in place and life's going to be what it's going to be. Yeah. I, I With anxiety, it's crippling, right? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's crippling and, and I can't, it's like a loop in my head. I can't get rid of it. It doesn't matter how logical you are. It doesn't matter how much I try and talk myself out of it. It's there. And, and I have found in recent weeks that my my children's behavior when they're away from me is a is a big trigger for my anxiety. So like I have panic attacks. I, I can't catch my breath. I can't think about anything else. I can't like I just am in this endless it is li- living with anxiety is one of the worst things I think I've ever experienced in my life. And you know, you talk to therapists and you you get help and you can get medication and you can do all of these things. But when you're in that anxiety thought loop of everything, you know, for me, it's like very catastrophic. Worst case scenario, always playing in my head over and over again. There's not a lot that, that I have found that helps me kind of dig myself out of that. And it's worse around my period. Like when I'm PMSing, like it is so much worse than it is any other time. What I was having an anxiety and panic attack about last week, this week, I'm like, ah, it's not so bad. You know, like. Random side note, I feel like I at least recognize my hormonal changes throughout the month, like more than I ever have. Same. And I'm like, are, are these getting worse as I get older? Yes. Or am I, I am, I am <laughs> certain that it is getting worse when you get older because I have had like the worst four months of my entire life these last four months. And like, it's like two, two to three weeks. Like I have a note to, when I go to the doctor in a couple weeks, I have a note to ask about it. Like, is this supposed to be happening? Because I, it is legit. Like well, every PMS them. symptom that is listed on Google, I have like times 10 and I don't understand. All right. So Megan's going to go to the doctor and ask for all of us. I they're the same as both of us, but like I have scheduled probably six to eight doctor's appointments in the last year and only gone to maybe one or two same. because like. <laughs> same. <laughs> But like, I, so part of my 40, uh, you know, before 40 list and why I have to put this on my list, I don't know, is to, to focus on myself more. And so, and by focusing on myself more, I'm picking up on these anxiety triggers. I'm trying to minimize these anxiety triggers. I'm taking daily vitamins. I, you know, I'm doing all these things that I need to do to be healthy for my kids and my family and my, you know, like, yes, it's for myself, but I want to be a better version of myself. And the better version of myself goes to the doctor. <laughs> the better version of my do- first, it really starts with making the phone call to schedule the appointment to go to the doctor, because that is always so hard for no, me. That is not the hardest part for me. The hardest part is actually getting me there because I feel like they schedule, you schedule appointments so far in advance. By the time like the day gets there, I have like meetings that have been scheduled and I'm like, I don't have time for this today. Like I don't have time to drive to then sit there to then yeah. drive. And well, and as a person, who literally hates making phone calls the idea of having to call and cancel an appointment is worse to me than just showing up that act of calling to cancel I can't I can't wrap my head around like I feel like I'm huge inconvenience to people when I cancel an appointment I do too actually I feel like bad about canceling I've gotten better about like sorry I have other things to do (laughs) yeah we should do we should do a test we should we should take the next month if you're willing yeah and both try to for like five minutes a day or we can even do less than that we could do like two minutes a day wait 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 i don't know what i committed myself to before you started talking (laughs) so i have to do what now (laughs) 
I, I thought it was going to be like, we'll take the next month and we're going to schedule these appointments and we're going to like do these things because that's what we were talking about. Now, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, we don't have to do a month. How about two weeks? We'll do two weeks of daily meditation, two to five minutes. Two to five minutes, Megan. Two to five minutes. So what do I have to do? Like deep breathing? T- talk me through what... No! You, all you have to do is go to YouTube, search five-minute meditation, pick one, and just lay there comfortably eyes closed, listening to whatever is being said or the music. Okay. Two weeks? Two weeks. Starting when? <laughs> Monday? Because I like to start things on Mondays. <laughs> That's funny you say that because I had been eating really well. And I, I, so I tend to try to stick to like macro eating. And I kind of started being really bad at it last week. I was eating like complete crap. And the weekend came and I'm like, this is going to have to wait till Monday. Like, I just can't start. You know what's funny about that is I read something that said, you don't have to wait until Monday to, like it was a meme. And it was like, you don't have to wait until Monday to start. Start today. And I'm like, yeah, but today seems hard. No, I need to plan. I need to get my mind right. Two to five minutes seems like a long time to just be quiet with my thoughts. I I think I think too much of it is like related to the fact that I don't always like what I think. Well, but being alone with your thoughts, you can learn to just let the thoughts go. Like let them come because they're going to come regardless of what you try to do. And then just realize that, yeah, you had the thought. Now you can just let it go. It's You don't have to believe everything yeah. that you think. So one of the quotes, because I usually do, like, we usually leave it with you, but one that I read today was, nothing in this world can torment you as much as your own thoughts. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I think, like we were talking about earlier, we all tend to go to that worst case scenario and, like, the the potential for Mm -hmm. the worst case scenario is so slim, but that's just where our minds tend to go, which I thankfully don't feel like I suffer from anxiety, generally speaking, but after... I had my oldest, I do feel like I had some level, not to an uh, like crazy degree, but it was- Ah, eh, we don't use that word. Those with anxiety do not like to be called crazy. Not to <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I not to a super high degree, but some level, because I just felt like I felt like I couldn't mm-hmm. rest. And even I literally remember going, I scheduled a massage for myself. I was laying on the massage table, you know, somebody's pounding away on my back and- I'm like, this isn't even relaxing. I can't even Mm -hmm. like let go and just breathe. I have too much stuff going on in my brain. It's hard to quiet the noise. Yeah. And I thankfully am not in that place anymore, but it was a really Mm -hmm. shitty place to be because you just felt, I don't know, like constantly amped up. I describe it. My anxiety is very crippling at times. And sometimes it just makes me on edge where like I get really angry very quickly like a short yeah never with my kids but usually with my husband (laughs) but like I mean it's just or like people who you know tell me something I don't want to hear it's like I I don't have time for this (laughs) you know like I think the thing that I want people to get out of our conversation this conversation right now is one you're not alone you're not you're not alone in your anxiety because when you when you have anxiety or mental health problems it can feel very isolating and you are not alone it can be very difficult to struggle in silence and it can be very difficult to tell somebody about it as well. So just know that telling that first person makes it easier to tell that next person and that next person and that next person. And so building up that strength to say it one time will help you 
be able to continue to say it. Just another thought there. I feel like it's okay to not be okay. And I think that that's a hard thing to be okay with. But I think that it's important because in reality, most of us, like we're okay on some level, but we're, we, we're, you know, we also live messy, chaotic lives and we're not perfect humans and that's okay. It's, you know, it's okay to suffer from anxiety. It's okay to, you know, be figuring out your life. But I also think that on that same token, like, it's okay to medicate if you feel like you need, you know, that will help you or look into other ways. Like if, if you feel like you want to try other ways first, um, or in addition to, you know, like I thousand percent believe in the power of movement. And I think that when I am consistent with getting myself moving, be it, you know, a five minute walk, a run, I love doing box jumps, doing box jumps in the garage. Like I feel so much better and have so much more mental clarity than, when I veg out in front of the TV. Yeah, and I found it difficult to function as a person to get myself out of bed. And I think somebody who is struggling will understand that and will relate to that because it's not always, it's so easy to say, yeah, I'm gonna go to the gym, I'm gonna work out. But when you are struggling and you're in that crisis, that's such a low priority because it's okay to have bad days. You know, it's okay, like you said, to be less than perfect. It's okay to just do the best you can and find the strategies and the coping mechanisms that help kind of get you back to feeling okay. Like you don't even have to be feeling normal or regular or like a human. You just need to be back to okay. Yeah. Well, and I think it, I think it's process, right? And I think there's like everything else in life, there's gonna be ebbs and flows. And I think, you know, I like in my head to make it seem like Every day is going to be an amazing day, but in reality, that's not mm-hmm. the case, right? Like you're going to have days that just feel like crap or mm-hmm. even months, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It is what it is. And I think part of life is embracing where you are and then figuring out how to get yourself, mm-hmm. like you said. And for me, understanding that I only have control over my actions, right? So much of what makes me anxious is out of my control, And if I am level-headed and clear-headed enough that I can explain that logically what I'm upset about right now, I have zero control over, then that kind of helps. It doesn't always. You know, it's so easy to say these cliches and these things that are supposed to help you feel better. But when you're in the middle of that crisis, it doesn't always work. Like you have the strategies and you have the tools and you go down, down the list to see which one works today. Cause it's not always going to be the same thing either. Yep. So I think exercise, like you said, is a good one. I don't know about meditation, but Christy says meditation works. So we'll add that to the list. Metal little thing. We'll come back and see how we felt yeah. about it. Yeah, all right, two weeks. And I think, you know, just self-care in general, which could mean something different to everybody. Like maybe it, it like sometimes I do feel like I need to just veg out in front mm-hmm. of the TV. Oh, oh, you know what? what? So you guys, Megan talked me into, well, she doesn't know she like talked me into it, but she, <laughs> so she has started learning how to play the keyboard slash piano. I think I'm saying that properly. My musical talents are very limited, guys. Um, And so I have a guitar and my dad, brought my oldest a guitar and so I was like you know if he's gonna learn how to play his guitar let me pull mine back out and see if I can remember some of the basic stuff I learned 20 years ago and so I've started learning to play guitar and isn't that fantastic it is and you know I also late last week found some yeast in my pantry and decided I was going so I love to cook sometimes well I used to love to cook and I'm getting back to loving to cook because for a while it just kind of felt like another thing you had to do <laughs> <laughs> so, but I made some French bread and like, I feel like, I don't know, I'm in this more creative state and 
it's fun yeah. to thanks for helping you me. You know, it's funny that you say that because like my, so like in my moments of clarity, I'm like, I'm going to do this new thing. And then I buy all the things to do the new thing. And then <laughs> my kids love to play my piano. It's like an 81, 88 key keyboard. Like it's set up. My kids love to play it. There's a little microphone that attached. We do Mary had a little lamb. Uh, it's the cutest. And I, I feel like I'm going to learn nursery rhymes very easily. It's just, I started to like learn, you know, the keys and things like that. Um, and keys and chords and it got very complicated. Like I, I, I don't know that I have a musical brain, but I'm going to try. So my goal is to have a recital for my family. <laughs> recital <laughs> seems like such a little kid word, but like I want to learn a piece. I want to learn the basics and then I will have a recital for my family and then I will consider that a win. So I also got a bicycle. I love my bicycle and I've been riding my bicycle around my neighborhood. Now, am I doing it as frequently as I thought I would? No. There's been too much going on and there, it just hasn't happened as often as I wanted to. But my kids are now interested in riding bikes. And we went and got them bikes on Sunday. And we rode our bikes for like an hour and a half. And at first, it was really hard. And my oldest was like, no, I'm not doing this because it's hard. I'm not, I'm not doing this. Mine doesn't go. I'm like, you got to move your legs to make it go. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, I don't want to do this. But after about 15 minutes... Up and down the street, dude was rocking it. And so it's just that perseverance. Like, I can do this. Keep telling yourself that you can do this. So that's where I am with the piano is I am telling myself that I can do this. And every time I do something that's like, oh, this seems hard, I stop. And then I, I don't want to go back because it seems hard. So I'm trying to get myself back into that mentality of I can do this. If my son can ride a bike after he thought it was hard, I can play the piano because I can. I know they can. I've got the fingers for it. Like, I really feel like I've got the fingers for the piano and I can do it. And I, I almost feel like in some ways it's kind of easier to learn stuff. Like, it, so it's harder because you have more stuff on your plate, right? But mm -hmm. I almost like I'm more excited to learn stuff now. Whereas as a teenager, it was like, oh God, there's another thing I have to learn. Like, I just test. <laughs> like, I have all these things, you know, these things already that people are requiring me to learn. Yeah. And, so and what? And when you were a teenager, it's like, I can't wait to be an adult where I don't have to learn anything anymore. <laughs> like, gosh, what would I tell my teenage self? Not that. <laughs> Let's not rush the process. Let's just be a teenager and enjoy life because it gets so much more complicated when you're an adult. I don't, I don't know. I just feel, I just feel really tired all of a sudden. And so my energy just went... <laughs> yeah, all the things she's been doing lately. You have been doing a lot. I have. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so I signed up for BetterHelp.com, and what that is is basically uh, access to a therapist whenever you need it. So you don't have to schedule appointments. You can do texting. You can do video calls if you need to. You know, you can make phone calls and. And you have access to a, a therapist you've been matched with. Like you fill out this questionnaire and you've been matched with them. And it's more expensive than I thought it would be. But I think it's worth it for what's going on in my life right now. And the flexibility of it versus scheduling an appointment and having to show up and be there. When, you know, if I skip this week, then what happens, you know? So I feel like this is what works with my lifestyle right now. And so I, I just want to reiterate to anybody that's listening that might be struggling, that there are tools and there are professionals that are available, especially within this day and age of COVID that we live in, that are you know readily available to help you within your schedule and on your own time. Because it could, you know, 
I mean, I know it seems hard. It seems hard to make that call. It seems hard to say I need help. It's hard to show up and be available for those appointments, but there are ways to support you. Yeah. Which that's awesome. I, I feel like that is a better mechanism because it, yeah, the whole, if I can't show up to a doctor's appointment, why am I going to show up to my mental health appointment? You know, mm-hmm. like, it's just another thing on my plate when I already feel like my plate is too full. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Do we want to do a, are you weird like me? Yes. Last time we did this, we changed the name from am I normal to are you weird like me? So Christy, what is your are you weird like me? Okay. So what I've learned about myself over the years is that I tend to be most efficient when I have more to do. When you give me too little to do, more time. Yes. You do that too? <laughs> yeah, I totally do that too. I work so much better with like a list of all the things that I need to do too than if I just like, otherwise it seems too big, right? Yep. So I, I love that. I'm exactly the same way. I think that's totally makes me weird. Of course, are we the anomaly there? <laughs> like, like to we like to uh, read the Wikipedia stuff before we watch a show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. yes. Um, I feel like I always say it wrong. If you are a fan of, oh gosh, it's on Amazon. Miss Maisel's mm-hmm. that show, you know, yeah. Season four is out. We just started watching it. I love it. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm watching Inventing Anna on Netflix. I'm kind of, in, I'm kind of into it. Yeah. It, it's like a guilty pleasure, I think. Yeah. But yeah. So what's your, are you weird? Like, so when I walk around my house and I see, you know, something is, dirty or needs to be cleaned I default to who my mom would hate that it looks like that or my (laughs) dad would hate that it looks like that especially like around like my dad cleans my stovetop every time he comes to visit and I always know when he hasn't visited in a while (laughs) because it's (laughs) a mess and I'm like oh my dad would hate that it looks like that let me clean that real fast (laughs) I have never once had that thought about my father but my mom and not have the thought like man I don't keep my house as clean as my mom kept our house yes yes but I feel like every Saturday she spends several hours cleaning and I'm just not about that life like I do like a clean house and I am very fortunate to have a husband who also values clean house so we are a pretty good team when it comes to keeping things clean but it's still not I mean my I feel like our house was like spotless yeah growing up well and you know what's funny is my so my mirrors always have little hang or my windows always have little handprints or fingerprints or like they blow raspberries on it to see what happens. Like, <laughs> right. Like it's the, my windows are disgusting. My mirrors are disgusting because I have kids. And I remember we would spend hours on Saturday, at least twice a month, windexing the windows inside, outside, windexing the mirrors. And like, that was like a whole thing that we did. So I think you and I have talked about this on a podcast before, because it seems familiar as I'm saying it out loud, but I've mentioned it to my mom recently and I'm like, Hey mom, remember when we did this? And she said, yeah, that was such a waste of time. (laughs) My mom's like, I don't know why I did that. That was such a waste of time. And I'm like, yeah, it is. No. So, so my, my dad never says anything when he's cleaning, right? He just comes in and he just takes care of me, right? Like, it's not like he's saying, oh, you need to do this. It's just like, ooh, he's not going to like, like, that's my, my own thought on that. Like, he's not going to like that. Like, I can make it look better, but not this bad you know like you can still clean it (laughs) clean my microwave my sink I don't care do whatever you want you know I always love my parents come to visit my house is always so much cleaner when they leave yeah my when my mom comes to visit that is definitely the case like the I remember when we moved in here and we moved ourselves because so military family we we did a self move because we were alerted we finally got orders like three weeks before we were supposed to be here and you know we packed everything up put it in a truck got it here, unloaded it. And I have like 
all of the kitchen stuff out of boxes, but just like sitting all over the kitchen. And I just wanted to like, I had that moment where it was like too overwhelming. And I just wanted to sit on the floor and like be upset that I still, I like, I couldn't figure out what my next step is. My mom came like right at the perfect time and was like, put all the things away. And I'm like, thank you. What would I it's just such a relief right like it's I don't feel like I don't feel judgment I just feel relieved that I don't have to do it (laughs) exactly yeah all right Christy so what would you like to leave us with today I think my final thought for today is that it's okay to not be okay and sometimes you just need to take a breath take a beat and you know understand that you don't have to have it all figured out it's okay to need to reach out for help and just take life day by day or if day by day is too hard minute by minute and yeah you know we all struggle and we all have ebbs and flows in life and that's as it should be thank you guys for listening this week and we will see you next week see you guys next week bye if you want to leave us feedback please review our podcast on whatever app that you're listening to that helps us you can also email us hello at intentionalasamother.com or follow us on instagram at intentional.as.a.mother and we will see you next week bye